Hi, everyone, and welcome to the September 3rd, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. This week, the global microchip shortage took yet another bite out of auto production in Ontario, as two automakers announced they would temporarily halt production, Stellantis in Windsor and Ford in Oakville. Today, we'll get an update on the global situation, how it's affecting Canadian production and inventory, and we'll learn about which EVs and how many Ford Oakville will build starting in about 2025. All that and more when I speak with Sam Fiorani of Auto Forecast Solutions on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Sam, thanks for joining me on this week's podcast. Great to be here. Great to have you. Let's start with a wide lens view and work our way inward toward Canada. Um, describe right now the current situation when it comes to the global microchip shortage. Well, as you know, as we rolled out of last year, COVID stopped a lot of production of a lot of things. And when vehicle production ended, we lost the the lead on getting semiconductors for uh, automotive production. So the automotive industry was just hampered by not having chips and it's still rolling into now where it is spreading across more manufacturers than, than we anticipated just a few months ago. Is it the worst it's ever been during this shortage right now, as we speak on September 1st? I can't necessarily say it's the worst, but it is affecting a lot more manufacturers and uh, the volumes are in some cases seeming to level out and, and, in the case of uh, things like Toyota and and General Motors, they're being hit in places where it really hurts. Are the automakers still trying to equip their vehicles that are high margin with the chips that are available and sort of idling output of low margin vehicles or maybe unpopular vehicles such as sedans? Is that still the strategy you're seeing? These are smart companies and they're, and they're trying to focus on the products that make them the most money. So General Motors is obviously going to focus on uh, Silverados and Sierras, and uh, Toyota is going to focus on their high-volume uh, crossovers. But uh, when the chips dry up, they dry up. And so we're seeing General Motors in in, uh, Arlington, in Arlington, Texas. They're running out of chips for, for SUVs, so they're slowing down production. They, they haven't gotten to the point where they're stopping production, but they have... Uh, canceled overtime uh pickup truck production is uh, is being slowed which this is not a good sign when it, when general motors has to stop production of the silverado where it's their bread and butter that's where their money is made so we've heard of planned new u.s chip plants in the future the industry's asked the u.s government for example to step in and help in any way it can what is it going to take to get the auto industry back to normal how does this problem get solved well, the, the answers are always uh, incentives, uh, all these di- investment, all these different issues. The biggest issue is time. These plants don't turn around that quickly. We need time to to build a new plant, to refurbish a plant, to to set up a line to build automotive chips. It, it's just going to take uh, extra time to get everybody moving. We're, we're we're turning the Titanic here, and it's just not going to happen quickly. The chip makers know that they need to supply these these chips to the auto industry. They see the the void in the marketplace, and if you're a chip maker, that's where you want to make your money. 
So when do you see this chip shortage ending then? Is there an end date? Is it easy to predict? Can you forecast out that far? This is definitely not an easy one to predict. But uh, we're, we're looking at the signs and it looks like by the end of Q1 next year, we should be turning the corner and we should be seeing that the production of vehicles is, is coming back online to where it should be. So, uh, so production next year, production this year is going to be down a lot compared to what it should have been. And production next year will be lower than it should be, but that's only because we'll have a, sh- uh, a soft first quarter and it'll take three quarters to, to ramp back up. And by third and fourth quarter, we should be seeing the, the manufacturers trying to make up some of that lost volume. So I was told on this show a couple of weeks ago that automakers would be in what was described as an overbuild situation sometime in the middle of 2020, building more vehicles than they actually need. Do you have similar predictions and forecasts about the middle of 2022? A- absolutely. The, the, as long as the chips are available, they're going to build as many vehicles as they can possibly do that. And, and that's going to take more overtime. Unfortunately, most of the plants in North America typically run on overtime. So there's not a lot of room for extra production. Uh, this is a, a market that can can probably produce 17 and a half million units a year on a good year in, in its current state. But the making more than that, getting the, the production lines to run faster than that is going to be really tough. Uh, most of the Stellantis plants, most of the GM plants, a lot of the Ford plants, these are plants that run overtime most of the time, and there's just not a lot of excess capacity to to run a, a Saturday or a Sunday shift to get extra output there. Uh, they'll do their best, and it'll be late next year by the time they get uh, enough supply of chips and get everything rolling again. So here in Canada, Stellantis, you mentioned them, uh, idled minivan output in Windsor, Ontario this week and next week, so the week of September 6th. And Ford stopped production in Oakville for just this week. What's the future production schedules look like for those two factories in Ontario? Is it more essentially rolling blackouts, right? If this were an electric, uh, an electricity shortage, is this what we see on again, off again production? And for how long? These are not the most popular vehicles that the, the brands have. If these were building uh, F-150s or Ram 1500s, you would see these these plants running at least regular time, if not overtime, as long as the chips were available. But because these are these are the lesser lesser vehicles, these are minivans, these are the um, Edge and Nautilus. They're they're easier to cut their production and move the the chips around to other plants. We did see uh, Windsor being particularly hit hard in the second quarter this year. But uh, that seems to be tapering down as we get through get through the third quarter. So hopefully we won't see as much downtime for the rest of the year for those plants. But the, the issues are still there. And these companies are going to focus on high-profit vehicles. And those, unfortunately, aren't the ones built at Windsor and Oakville. But Ontario is also home to Toyota and Honda plants. And those two automakers... They seem a little more quiet than the Detroit 3 when it comes to releasing production numbers and, and shifts and, and those that have been cut. You know, this week, Honda sent me a statement saying basically, yeah, we're being affected, but they don't really say how or where. 
how have those two plants or those two companies been handling the shortage here in Ontario? What's going on in places like Alliston and Woodstock and Cambridge? Have they been hit the same way as the Detroit three automakers in Ontario? Honda's Alliston plant is in the middle of a changeover or was in the middle of a changeover in the second quarter for the new Civic. So the as the old model was tapering out, they we did see some lost production there due to the semiconductor issues. The new model doesn't seem to be hitting so hard yet, but uh, they are just ramping up. So there's there's leeway in the in the numbers. On the Toyota side, though, we are we're looking at uh, Rav4s and Lexus RXs being hit, especially this summer. July, August, into September, uh, Toyota did announce that they they would have downtime in September around the world. So we are expecting some more downtime for for Cambridge and Woodstock. There, these are as you said, these plants don't announce as uh, readily as the unionized plants in in Canada and in United States, but they're they're being hit and. The numbers are showing it. They're, these plants are down, and we expect them to be down for for the rest of the year until the, these chips are made up. Let's shift gears and talk EVs at Oakville for a moment. Um, can you tell me what that plant will build, when production will start, and on how many shifts? And I ask because we all know that um, Ford announced during the last contract talks with Unifor that EVs would be coming to Oakville. So I am curious, what are you seeing in that plant in the future? Edge and Nautilus production ends in 24, and that plant will then retool for EVs. We're looking at a, a family of EVs based on Ford's second-generation EV platform starting in 25. The first models out will be the Corsair E and, uh, and potentially another variant of that model coming shortly after that. But uh, with as many as five different EVs being built in that plant between 25 and 28. We're, we can't say that they're necessarily going to be building them on three ships. This is a, a market that we're still trying to figure out how deep it is. Are people going to shift over from their traditional ICE, uh, Corsair, or Nautilus to whatever EVs that will come out of this plant? The, the market just isn't there yet. And there are a lot of competitors coming in here. So we're just just loading up the supply and we don't know what the demand is yet. I'd love to tell you that uh, Oakville will be building three shifts of EVs starting in 26, but I, I can't be sure of that yet. And uh, I'm just hoping that they, we get to two shifts because there are just so many EVs on this market. And so far, the US market share of EVs is around three percent but if you take out tesla it's under one percent so there's not a lot of demand for these vehicles yet granted there are some uh, really nice new models coming and and hopefully this will spur the the buyers to come to the dealerships i'm glad you addressed that um the number of shifts because that was going to be my follow-up question is whether that factory could produce enough EVs, even if it's five different ones, to offset the losses of um, what they're currently building. So I'm glad you you brought that up. Um, the, the next question, last time we spoke to you about four or five months ago, you said Stellantis doesn't have a product for Brampton. 
after 2023. Are there any changes there? What's on the horizon? Because Unifor was very adamant over the last month or so saying that they're still going to be building cars there no matter what. I just wonder if there's been any changes from where you sit and what you see. I, I, I hate to bring bad news, but we haven't heard anything yet. And I really don't expect anything to come up until the Unifor negotiations come out. This is a, one of those discussions that has to be between Stellantis and Unifor to see what we can do for that plant. There is nothing scheduled for that plant at the moment. And it's a, it's a great plant. It's one of the more modern plants in, in the, in North America. We'd love to see something go in there and, and have those workers come back to work in, in 24. But right now we just don't have a product lined up for that plant. Sam, always great to talk to you. You bring tons of insight. It's almost like walking through the shop floor with you uh, in some of these factories and and getting a sense of what's going on. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm sure our audience does too. Thanks for joining me. Great talking to you anytime. We reached Sam at his office in Pennsylvania. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes and Google Play or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.